Winning in the Workplace. The show focused on taking your business to the next level. Featuring expert business consultant and trainer Maurice Velasquez of Team Real World, along with 2013 Louisiana Broadcaster of the Year, Gordy Rush. This is Winning in the Workplace. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Winning in the Workplace. This is Maurice Velasquez, and today I don't have my my colleague and friend Gordy Rush with me because he's traveling. Uh, we do have him pre-recorded, though, and so you will hear his voice because he's going to join in the conversation with a topic that we chose earlier and got this all prepared. Hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a great show. I have my good friend with me, Bruce Leininger, in the in the studio with us. Good to be here. Good to be, and of course, our trusted and fantastic producer, Madison. Hello, Madison. Hello. Good to see you. For those of you on Facebook Live, thank you for joining us. Uh, all right, let's jump right into the topic. The topic is that of managing up. Now, what in the world does managing up mean? It means this, that if you're a manager, oftentimes we think that we do our best job when we manage our people, but we don't pay as much attention as to how to manage up, how to manage our managers, how to manage our supervisors, how to manage our executives, how to manage the boss. And so here is where a lot of people feel fail by thinking, well, we can't tell the boss what to do. And what we want to communicate very clearly in today's show is you're thinking of it this is the wrong way. You don't tell the boss what to do. You do everything respectfully, but you certainly manage the bosses above you. Your thoughts? Exactly. Well, a lot of times, you know, the authority and power are often misused and we're afraid of them. And fear is one of the base motivators of people. Yeah. And we really don't want to go through the pain involved. In right. That. Pain is the greatest educator, yeah, and, though. And I would tell you, absolutely right, Bruce. I would say that if you do not learn how to manage up, that will get in your way of how to manage down. Because the people above you are going to likely go around you or not work through you because you're not managing them. You're not aligning up, so therefore they're going to feel the distance. But I'm not going to steal Gordy's thunder because he's going to make a lot of these points for us. Exactly. Any other thoughts before we go to go to, go to Gordy? You know, the, the thing, you can't impart what you don't possess. That's and good. so, in essence, you have to lead yourself first. That's right. And know what the culture that you're trying to impart is. You're entrusted with a lot of uh, responsibility. That's don't, right. Don't mess it up for the All right, boss. So, the first thing that a lot of managers say is, well, they just don't want to get out of the weeds. Okay. My boss just does not want to get out of the weeds. They don't want to over control things. They get involved in everything. And that's a big myth. All right. So, let's listen to Gordy and let's, uh, let's listen to what he has to say about that. So let's talk a little bit about executives wanting to get out of the weeds. I know there's a myth out there that executives can't help themselves. But let me assure you, we want to get out of the weeds. But it's difficult to get out of the weeds. Like any other habit, if you've done it long enough, you've got to be able to break it. But we have the desire to get out of the weeds. Secondly, we want to ask managers to step up. Four things to realize. One, we want things done certain ways. Number two, we want to teach managers how to do it. I think that's about being in line. Hey, this is the way that we do business. Number three, we will get out of the way once we see managers doing it. And four, we're always pulled back in by inaction. So what I'm here to tell you is number one, come learn from us. We want to show you how. Secondly, you then handle it so we don't have to get back involved. Third, keep us updated. I think communication some way, shape, or form, and you've got to be able to determine what's the best way to communicate to an executive and vice versa. That's number three. And number four, don't disappear on us. That's when, again, the red alarm sounds off. So otherwise, we'll start asking, and that gets us involved. All right. That 
is a show in and of itself. Oh, completely. That was, that was a minute and 10 seconds and a lot of really good information. Okay. So what did he say? First of all, the, the executives do want to get out and they want managers to step up. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think they, it's it's an influence and trust issue. Yeah. Between the two of them, not only can you not impart what you don't possess, but the issue gets down to, are you going to take initiative and responsibility for the outcomes? That's what every good leader wants in a manager, is to entrust them with the outcomes. And even if you do make a mistake, they want to see activity. That's right. That's right. They do. And so I think a, a point that Gordy made that gets lost a lot of times in this is that the executives, they do have an idea of how they want to see things done. And oftentimes the managers are not proactively trying to be mentored by the executives. So the executives often feel like they get left out of everything as well. Oh, completely. You Again, know? communication is a cycle that has That's to right. go both ways. So what Gordy said, I think is so true. You, you, have to, you have to go and be willing to be mentored and learn how to learn from them. And then once they realize, once the, once the executives realize that, okay, you know how to do what you've allowed me to show you how to do, and then I watch you do it on a regular basis, the tendency of an executive is that they're going to want to get out of it because that's why they're showing it to you. Right. They don't want to stay in the playground if they've if then shown you how to play. Okay? Uh, so... Uh, that's that's a very difficult thing because managers usually don't go to their bosses and say, hey, look, can, I sp- can we take about 30, 40 minutes and let's talk about this? I want you to show me. I want you to teach me. I want you know, we, t- we tend not to ask for help because we're so busy trying to impress our bosses. Completely. And, you know, every good leader needs to make sure and start with why. Right. You, you know, if we start with why, if we tell them why, we show them how, we do it with them, that's then right. we entrust them to do the outcomes, dialogue with them, and then release them and and trust them and trust with the them. outcomes. And then, don't, like what he said, don't disappear. Exactly. Come back and tell me. We're addressing a very important topic, and that is how to manage up for the managers, how to how to manage your bosses. So let's go into the question or the, the myth, all right, that why is it that executives don't like to go to meetings, okay? And why is it that they don't, when they go to meetings, they tend to be really quick to either want to get out, sabotage it, take over, go a different direction, just not not allowed to be managed, all right? So that's what, uh, let's ask Gordy and let's listen to what Gordy has to say about this. All right, so Gordy, why do executives not like to go to meetings? Well, there's this myth that executives don't like meetings. That's not the case. What I hate and most executives hate are getting in the meetings that waste time. So what does that mean? You should come to a meeting prepared to get a yes or a no. Hate wasting time, so come organized, come routinely. And I think it's pretty good one time per month if you'd come just to talk, strategize, plan together, where that time's reserved, fantastic. If you don't, then we're going to move on without you. So if you want to be a part of that planning process and the bigger picture, you've got to be able to commit to those meetings as well. All right. So, again, a very short segment, but it says a lot. Uh, He said, first of all, they don't attend meetings. They don't like to attend meetings because they feel it's a waste of time. They're wasted meetings. Uh, second of all, uh, they well, th- th- that's really it. Uh, they, they don't feel the meetings are well or well run or focused meetings. Right. Uh, and so he made a, he made comments about coming to be prepared, uh, coming to the meetings prepared, have, have run the meeting well, come to the meeting to. Offer me yes or no decisions instead of saying, what do you think? Come with proposals and solutions that make it easy for the executive to say yes or no 
Because if you just open it up empty for a conversation, well, then you've just pulled that executive into it, and then you're going to resent the fact that they told you what they thought, but you asked them. Right. But if what you really want is an executive decision, it's just come in with a yes or no. Now, if you do want a conversation, make it clear. Look, I'm not asking for yes or no. I need to brainstorm with you. I need 30 minutes where you and I, you know what I'm saying? And that's what he also said. Brainstorm with us more often. Take time once a month to just come and talk to us about the business. Don't just come when you need me per se because you need a decision. Set a regular thing so that so that we can talk about the business and always be talking about the business. Maurice, I really like the acronym of SMART meeting. You yes. know, if it's specific, yes. right. measurable, achievable, realistic, Correct. and then lastly, time stamps. Yep. A lot of times you can't get a yes or a no, but at least if we can put it on a time frame, right. where does that fit on the Gantt chart? That's, but, We're going to have a place that it's going to be. If we can't decide today, we'll decide then. You and I, for example, let, let, let's apply to us. You and I um, are working on promoting an event together, right? And yes. so the first thing you and I when we talked on the phone, we realized, let's get together. Right. All right. And at no point did you and I say to each other, um, okay, you take notes. And, you know, but what did we both do? We started taking notes. We started, we started immediately taking notes. Yes. Okay. And even before we got started, we did a time check. Right. And then we said, all right, what are we here for? What is it that you want to accomplish? What is it that I want to accomplish? And we identified that real quickly. So we quickly, on the spot, before we even got started, we created just a real quick three-bullet agenda. Okay, and then we jump right into it for a good 45 minutes taking notes. And at the end of it, you and I, we summarized it. Yes. And then within four hours afterwards, what did we do? Well, we started nailing out the bullet points that were there. We started emailing each other exactly. what it was that we'd agreed to. Dialogue what was, what was funny is we started involving other people. Right. Okay. David joined us. Yes. Okay. And then he had some conversations with you and you emailed back everybody with the updated tasks. Within two days, we'd already included eight other people. Right. Okay. And it was a completely organized, simple email that just kept being added. And we brought a whole team together to get behind the tasks, the projects, the timeline, because you and I and David afterwards followed a simple rule of saying, run, have a conversation. Right. Officialize it with some notes afterwards. Right. Assign tasks. Right. And then come back in. Meet again, which you and I are going to do next week. Exactly. So that whole approach, it can still stay informal, but not everything has to be informal. Not everything has to be a you know hallway conversation. Right. It, it needs to be formal to some degree because I'm going to forget 40%. Most people say I forget 90%. <laughs> but that's the case. The case is in personality studies is most of us forget... 60% of what we talk about within four hours. Exactly. If we don't engage more of our senses, whether it be auditory learners, exactly visual, right. kinesthetic, take all of those learning exactly styles, right. we have to engage the senses so that we can follow up on what's most important. Well, let me segue on that. If we don't take times with our bosses to have good sit-down conversations, I'm not going to learn your style. I'm exactly. not going to learn your learning style. I'm not going to learn your decision-making style. Why? Because everything is rushed. Right. But if I take the regular time to sit down with my boss and interact with him or her, then I'm going to learn their decision-making style better than anything, which will improve things. Um, so really, if anything you're getting out of it is the importance of having well-organized meeting, regular meetings with your boss is imperative. It just has to be. Uh, as much as it feels like it's time wasted, it really isn't because if you're aligning with your boss, everything else is going to be possible. Right. You you expect your boss to be a student of you, but you have to become a student of who you're serving That's as right. well. That's right. Why is it that executives do not 
Why is it that executives delay decisions? Let's talk about why executives delay on making decisions. You know, there's several factors. First off, we don't know the risk. Number two, we don't have enough information. Number three, we personally feel like, look, we got to get involved with, in the weeds to figure things out, so we'll delay at that point. Number four, we know or think that other managers might disagree and it's going to create a lack of buy-in and maybe one or more departments. So if that's the case, here's what I recommend. Number one, bring us more items for yes-no decisions. Number two, if not, tell us you're wanting input. We'll help you out. Number three, big one here, always attach the details so we can look at them. And when I'm talking about details, that means all the good ones and all the bad ones, the questionable things, the things that might go wrong. But most importantly, you need to go back and get together with your entire management team and present a united front. Anytime there's a chink in armor, we'll see right through it. So if you don't get buy-in across department managers first, hmm, we're as executives, we're going to delay on those decisions simply because we feel like, okay, now I got to go to work and see why some of your other managers aren't buying in and we don't have a united front. So if you present a united solution, we as executives will decide much faster and likely to approve it. All right. So Gordy, I think, is dead on about each one of these points. Bring in more yes or no, like we talked about earlier. Uh, let me know when you actually need or want me to get involved. Don't leave it up to me because I'm going to have to guess it, and I'm probably going to get involved when you don't want me to get involved, or I'm going to be st staying silent. In other words, direct me. Get, you, you be the quarterback. You quarterback me. Right. Okay. But I will tell you that he spent most of his segment talking about this, and, and I think that's, what, that's where I want to focus on as well. I really think this point is the Achilles heel for managers. Uh, and why they cannot manage their executives. Uh, it's because they go to executives with ideas and proposals, and they want the executives to approve or participate into it, but yet they're fearful that Maurice has not talked to one of his peers, right. the other department managers, but he's wanting me to say yes to this, and I don't know what that yes is going to do to that other department, and that person's going to complain to the other executive, and at the next executive meeting... I'm going to be told, hey, what are you doing? Because, because I'm not quite sure if, Maurice, you've done the legwork to go across to IT and collaborate with that manager and get on the same page before you come in and try to get me involved. And so that, in my, in my years of consulting and in my years of coaching companies, I find that to be the biggest mistake that managers they don't. That's the biggest mistake they make. They don't go and collaborate with their peers. Right. They all go up or go down, but they rarely go across and they create silos. And that is the number one reason why executives dive in to try to get them to talk to each other. But they won't talk to each other. So therefore, the executives have to lead the charge in getting everybody on the same page. And that's impossible. Right. If we can build a coalition with our peers, then we, we should really, in essence, know what the decisions probably yeah, will be before I think we so. put them up there. Well, you, on the way up here, you, you, you called it leading from the second chair. Leading from the second chair. Right, you tell know, me about it because it's the same concept. It, and it I really love is. I, it, I love the way. That it's, it's, so that's what we're saying. In Go essence, ahead. I 
don't really have the authority, but I have the responsibility. Exactly. That's that. So let's say you're the boss. Yes. Which I know where you're the boss. Yeah. So you're the boss, and I'm the manager. Yes. And you've given me responsibility to quarterback this thing. Right. 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 But I'm acting as though I don't have that responsibility, so therefore I question my own authority, and I'm looking for somebody else to have authority, and I don't realize that. Wait, I do have that authority. I'm the quarterback. Well, we said it earlier. If something goes bad, we like to blame. That's right. Instead, That's right. you know, when you're pointing a finger, you've got three more pointing back at you. That's right. That's one of the important things yeah. to realize. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was in a meeting with a client last week, and um, and he wouldn't mind me sharing this because he and I were on another show uh, uh, last week and talked about it. And he said, you know, Maurice, the problem in, in my company is that, oh, man, it's so hard. What do you call it? Quarterbacking? We as middle managers, because he's a middle manager, yes. he says, we as middle managers – we are horrible at quarterbacking across department lines. We can tell our people, we can lead our people, but when it comes to going across and talking to the other the manager or getting the help from one of the staff members, we just fall apart, Maurice. I mean, we just we don't know how to go and ask and, and, and get on the same page. Right. And I'm gonna say, I know his name is Thomas. I said, I said, I said, I said Thomas, I know that's what we're working on. He says, but it's so hard. I mean, we just we just don't trust each other enough. Yes. We, we don't talk. And it goes back to the what we talked earlier. They don't have enough meetings amongst the middle managers to build that trust. Right. So, therefore, why would it work when you're trying to hurdle the cats right. in the hallway conversations and informal stuff? Right. It doesn't we, work. We have a big picture of what we're trying to accomplish in an organization. That's right. We have mission, vision, values, all these things, and they outwork in different ways within our departments. Right. But is there a scarcity of resources? I want what you've got because I won't get it if I don't have to show results. And trust is just eroded if we're not coming together and having that common yeah, and, and I, I dare say this, for years of experience, I've seen it. Every single group that we have helped where the managers meet on a regular basis and they quarterback the projects. Right. Guess what the executives do? They trust them with they it. They get out of the weeds exactly. and then leadership just escalates incredibly. All of a sudden now the managers are running the company. And then the executives are going to want to give anything they want for their staff to be happy. Exactly. Why? Because they know that if they throw money at them, that team that is now united in the middle they can take care of this. Right. But there's a trust factor that is just, nah, they're not going to do it. Gonna, and that's why we just need practice, which is why we do shows like this to encourage them that it's possible. So, Gordy, tell us, man, what is it that executives want from managers? So what are execs looking for in managers? Well, several things. First and foremost, somebody that we can strategize and brainstorm with. Number two, someone that can create game plans based off of that strategy. Number three, someone that can work well together, collaborate with other managers on those game plans. Number four, you got to be able to get feedback from your staff. And so it's a two-way street. They know what's going on. Number five, you've got to get other managers to approve things first. United front. Everyone has to be on the same page. Number six, can present executives a united game plan. And seven, you've got to be able to be open to update executives regularly. I want to be in the loop. It doesn't have to be for hours. It can be short, brief meetings, but I need to know what's going on. If you can do those seven things, you might have what it takes to be a manager. All right, so really good stuff there, Gordy. Uh, what I'm going to focus on in our commentary, invite you, Bruce, to join, uh, join me in your, in your thoughts on this, is he, he, said, he said a lot there, but what I want to focus on is what he said about what a, what executives are looking for in managers is 
individuals that are willing to come to them and strategize with them. Well, and they then, don't want to and, make their decisions alone. Exactly. They? It, they, they, well, executives, well, you know what? I think by the time they start hiring managers, they really want to stop making the decisions by themselves. Exactly. Because they want to make other decisions that they need to go and become executives at. Right. But but they want to get out of certain stuff. Exactly. And whatever it is, whether it's they want to go and create another company, expand this company, go play, go, whatever it is, okay? If they have hired managers... That's your cue right there. Executives want to get out of stuff. They want to get out of management, and they want to exactly. get into leadership. There you go. They want, that's the difference. They want so to, it's tactics. They it want is, to know it, that you can handle but, the Gantt chart but and everything. But that's why there. managers, they need to block out time on a regular basis and go up to executives and strategize on a regular basis. Right. What is it that you guys want to say, okay, now why? Get on a whiteboard. Roll up the sleeves. Show them that, you're, that you have the capacity to do this. And really, managers, if, you, if you've been hired, promoted, or you've been given the responsibility to inherit the role, is because somebody in your building believes that you have it within you. Then just test it out. And there's no safer place to do it than with your boss. Now, you're sitting going, wait, boss, safe, really? I don't, there's not, and I'm telling you, yes, it's the only place where you can practice it. You can't have a safe place without your boss in the room. There's no reward without the risk. Exactly. So you have to see that your boss, your supervisor, eat. look, I'll even say this. Even the bosses that have told me they didn't like me, even the bosses that have told me, I had one boss that told me, Maurice, if I could fire you, I'd fire you today, but you're a protected person in this room. And I said, so I'm one of your sacred cows. He says, and I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of you. <laughs> it okay. sounds lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And let's just say his name was James, okay? All right. And so and so we're getting out of the car, and I said, well, James, you know what I'm going to do about that. He said, I know what you're going to do. You're going to be back at my office, and you're going to sabotage my one hour because you want to meet with me. I said, that's right. And he put up with it. Why? Because while he could, while he couldn't fire me, what was I going to ask of him? Tell me what it is we have to do to get those remote offices to perform at the twelve percent that you want me to do. And I got six of those offices that I'm having really hard troubles with. This, how can I do this? Trust I, to deliver exactly. And so it didn't matter if he didn't like me. No, it didn't matter if he didn't trust me. I still have the position. He's still there. I'm going to go talk to him. And what happened over that next year? We bonded in a way that to this day he and I still touch bases. And when he t- and he tells me, Maurice, when you go national with whatever you do, you call me. Mm. The same guy that told me he couldn't wait to fire me, but he was there, and I had to interact with him. And when I strategized with him, I would come out of the meeting, I would send the notes, right. and then I'd send him a one-page game plan. Is this what we said? Great, thanks. And then I would go to my regional managers, rally them around the game plan, okay, and then come back every week and update him. And I got him accustomed to that rhythm, right. and he realized, huh, Maurice may not be that. See, that healthy adversity is good. I, I, I was scared to death every time I walked in. I st- I'm still scared of him until I talk to him now. He's a very <laughs> intense guy. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Okay? But when Gordy says executives want that, well, that's what they need. Right. All right. So let's, uh, let's give, some, let's give uh, Gordy a chance to give us his final thoughts on this. A couple final recommendations. Number one. Don't wait for execs to figure things out. That's why you've been hired. Managers figure it out and present it to us. Number two, don't wait for execs to get organized. That's why managers exist. You stay organized and the whole company will be organized. Number three, if you managers get organized, we will get organized as well. So coordinate 
with our executive assistants. Number four, make sure that you collaborate with each other. I can't emphasize enough. Make sure that you're communicating with other managers and you bring united proposals. We don't want to see any chinks in the armor. And number five, don't be afraid to disagree with us. In fact, that's healthy. I love healthy dialogue. I know I don't have all the answers. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I need somebody to please disagree with me from time to time. If you'll follow those five things, I think you'll be well on your way. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. What I'm going to emphasize here is what he said. Don't expect executives to figure it out. And don't expect us to get organized. You're the managers. You've been hired to manage. Right. Okay. So it's kind of like me hiring a painter. And the painter asks me, is this how you want me to hold a brush? Is this how you? And it's like, wait a minute. I understand you asking me questions about the timing, the logistics, the money, and making sure that we got the right color. The right color, yeah. Okay, yeah. right? Other than that, what do I expect you to do? Please do your job. Please manage this whole thing and get me involved, but do not make me have to figure things out for you, and then you're going to blame me because I didn't make decisions. Right. And we managers, we do it to executives all the time. Okay? Any thoughts on, 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 on the last two points about don't wait, wait them to figure things out or to get organized? Well, the whole thing of waiting, it, it, even yeah. in the sense of if you ask a question, just don't sit there in inactivity. Right. If you need to know something, do ask. Yep. But yep. the whole issue of, of conflict resolution, conflict's not bad. Disagree. It's an opportunity to to be find understanding and and that's what a good leader wants and, and that's how they'll know that you're a great manager because you were able to do that thank you guys thank you all for joining us on facebook live and on the radio you have been listening to winning in the workplace with maurice velasquez gordy rush and today my good friend bruce leininger life lessons from the office winning in the workplace with the foremost authority on business consulting in baton rouge maurice velasquez of team real world and gordy rush on talk 107.3 fm WBRP.